From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 414. Today's show is brought to you by Sourcegraph, Fitpod, DoorDash, and Bombus. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Jason Snow. Hi, Jason Snow. Hello, Mike Hurley. How are you? I'm good. I have a hashtag Snow Talk question for you. All right. Mark wants to know, when you stay in a hotel, do you use the drawers and closets that they provide, or do you leave your things in your bags, in your luggage? Mm, interesting. I'm, I'm curious. I you... never. So what I'll say real quick before you answer. Yeah. To me, I read this question and was like, there's only one answer for this. It kind of depending, asterisk. But to me, there's one answer for this. Which so is? You use the drawers and closets. Unless, unless, it's a very short trip. So then I would not unpack. If I'm there for like two days, I'm just going to leave it in the in the back. But if I'm there for like a week or longer, I'm unpacking. I, I have to add on top of Mark's question here too, the, if they have the little thing that you can unfold, that's like the little place that you put your, your suitcase. So it's, yep. it's up. Yeah. Do you use that? Or do you just lay it on the floor is the other question? Cause sometimes I don't use that. And I just, I'm like, Oh yeah, there's that thing, but it's already on the floor. So my answer is very similar to yours. I suspect perhaps our uh, formula might vary a little bit, but it's similar to yours, which is when we went to Hawaii in February yep. and we were there for a week, I took all the clothes out and put them in the drawers. Mm-hmm. There were, it was a big place. There, were, there was lots of furniture, plenty of place to put clothes. So we put all the clothes in the drawers and then closed up the suitcase and put it in the closet mm-hmm. because that was more convenient. I will say, I don't usually stay in a hotel for a week. <laughs> I'm usually there for a shorter period of time. I'm usually there going somewhere else. I don't take a lot of long vacations. And when I do, sometimes they're broken up and all, you know, and I do, you know, back in the day, especially a lot of business trips. If if I'm only going to be in the room for like a day or two, or like when we go to, to Oregon for like college stuff for the kids and all that stuff, like it's like the best Western <laughs> in eugene oregon like i mean it's got some drawers but we're there for two days there's not that much stuff in my suitcase anyway we just i just leave it in the suitcase right like it's just like yeah i'll just leave it in the suitcase it's not that big a deal but if i'm going to be there for a decent amount of time and i i guess part of my formula would be if if there's uh if there are our drawers, if there's enough room, if it feels like more convenient to do that and then stash the suitcase somewhere, I will do that. But mm-hmm. I, I think it I think it takes time because um, you really want to settle in, right? And and stash that bag somewhere and then mm-hmm. just sort of live out of the drawers. So so yeah, that that so it functionally, my answer to Mark is that I leave my things in my luggage because I'm very rarely at a place for so long that I would take them out. But if I am just, and I just did that this year, then sure, I'll, I'll put them in the drawers. That's, it's fun. It's better. It's, it's not fun living out of a suitcase and sort of no. sorting through. And then, and then you have, we actually have, um, my suitcase has a, has a, uh, uh, a bag, a laundry bag. A removable, washable laundry bag. Yes. From a, from a past sponsor, in mm-hmm. fact. Uh, and that is, really nice and i've I've traveled with a laundry bag before because Mm -hmm. because the other thing you don't want to have ideally is the pile of dirty clothes in the corner Mm -hmm. um which sometimes is what you end up with so yeah and also sometimes on trips you don't wear all the clothes and then when you come home you can just hang the ones back up that you weren't worn and if you have them in a laundry bag then you know top tip get take it if your suitcase doesn't have a laundry bag in it get a little bag like a small little bag that you can zip up and throw in your suitcase yeah, get a little little cloth laundry bag. And then I mean, Kate mentioned this in the Discord, but like 
yeah, if you've got a suit or something that needs to be show. hung up, you yeah. immediately pull that out when you get there yeah. and you hang it up, right? That mm-hmm. that part is not in dispute, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the, you know, as keep that thing folded up in your suitcase as, as short a time as possible. But then for the rest of it, it, yeah, it depends. Like, cause there's no point in unpacking a small suitcase into a small set of drawers for two days or mm-hmm. for, for something. It's like, there's no point in that. I actually, in listening to you talk, I have refined my initial point. Okay. It's not about time for me. It's mindset. Am I living in this place or uh, am I yes, in transit? Yes. That's, that's good. Oh, yes. Also, when I'm doing a lot of work stuff, if I'm going to an Apple briefing or something like that, um, it, if there's not a lot of time spent in the room, the room is really just there to go back at the end of the day and go to bed and then get up in the morning. And it's not a place where you're because the place in Hawaii, we went, you know, we were also hanging out in there with the family and we like watch movies and we were we were making dinner and making breakfast. And like there's lots of stuff we were doing, hanging out on the lanai like we were doing. We were living in the place that is different than some places where you're really just there to maybe do a little bit of work and sleep and the rest of the time you're out doing your other stuff. Then you're not living in that space anyway. So that's that's part of it too. Thank you so much to Mark for that question. It's mm-hmm. a good question. It's a good summary. Go good, figure. Good summary question. Uh, you can send in questions of your own by tweeting out with hashtag SnowTalk or use question mark SnowTalk in the RelayFM members Discord. Got some follow-out for you, Jason Snell. Okay. Upgradeyourwardrobe.com. We have our T-shirts available until July 13th. Yes. Do not miss out. There are, are some beautiful. great T-shirt options available to you. Um, we have like a week and a day or something like that for, that they're available for. Yeah, uh, you get so, the you get the brand new Summer of Fun, which mm-hmm. is gorgeous, especially in yellow and green. It's got the the iPhone like a surfboard, and there's a pineapple, and the upgrade logo is a sun going down. We've got last year's beautiful upgrade Summer of Fun logo, which is the uh, basically based on the Summer of Fun logo that we use in the podcast art. It's mm-hmm. uh, the setting sun with the upgrade logo as well. Uh, and then we brought back the Dongletown, the original Dongletown Port Authority. Get it, Port authority mm-hmm. um and it's available in the white on navy or the black on orange it's beautiful so those are there uh and while you're there i believe they still have some upgrade pins in stock so you know we are gonna oh, no, have we those sold, pins. they sold out of those oh we sold out they, they sold I think, oh my we, god i just clicked and they said that it's completely sold out i can't believe it so don't, i never thought mind. we were gonna have those in stock forever <laughs> forever well, i guess gonna get rid of them well forget about the pins forget <laughs> about the pins um because it, it takes a long time to sell pins and instead just focus on the beautiful summer of fun you can wear them by the way anytime also if you're in the southern hemisphere get them now mm-hmm. for your summer of fun mm-hmm. summer of fun's a state of mind man it is a state of mind i wear my summer of fun t-shirt all the time uh-huh. I mean, like not not twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, but like in, in it's seasonal, uh, you know, it's, or it's not seasonal. I will bring it out for the state of mind. If it's a nice day, it may be a summer or fun day for me. Upgradeyourwardrobe dot com, Jason. Yes. you have some great uh, follow up. Follow a out. little little wardrobe uh, related follow out. Uh, listener Igor uh, found tweeted at us. He found a, an old, very old, like 2016, 17 vintage. Yes. Upgrade uh, t-shirt at a charity shop in London. It was next to an old daring fireball shirt, which is hilarious. Now, uh, some, several people pointed out the daring fireball shirt was actually priced higher. Um, I, I choose to believe that this is because the upgrade shirt was well-loved and worn a lot. And the daring fireball shirt was rarely, if ever worn, and therefore was in better condition and therefore merited 
the higher price than the beautiful, beautiful upgrade shirt. Anyway, uh, Igor said he is not one to buy a lot of merch. And so he was very happy to see them and apparently bought the upgrade shirt. And I think that's great. I love it, man. I've just done this, Jason. Last weekend, I went through my t-shirt drawer and cleared out a bunch in uh, preparation for the Summer of Fun Uh stuff coming in. So I got rid of a few shirts. So there are, somewhere in London, there are things that I have donated. Honestly, depending on where they are, that could be mine. (laughs) I just realized. Oh, my God. That could have been mine. That could be. Well, that would be even, they should really mark up the price. Now, that would be hilarious. If they were, the, uh, you should put like a secret symbol on the tag or something so that people yep. will find your your uh, shirts know that it's they belong to you. A little secret mark that's the mic mark on oh the tag. Oh my God, they are large shirts. Mm-hmm. It is not outside of the realm of possibility that depending on where they were in London, uh, that they could have been my t-shirts. It's, this has only now just hit me because I owned both of these shirts. No longer own both of these shirts. So interesting. Knows? I think he said Hempstead. No, see, that's not not where Hempstead? I am. But who knows? But, though we but, just donated to a central we don't place. know the we don't know the shirt circulation of exactly. the charity shops in London, mm-hmm. right? The ecosystem of that. It may go from place to place or get get re. I, I don't. I don't even know. Anyway. Um, if you don't order upgrade to your wardrobe.com by July thirteenth, you will be forced to haunt the charity shops in hopes of your nerd t-shirts turning up. And that leads me to my mic talk question for today. Oh, <laughs> we're back at this segment. Have, have you ever shopped in a charity shop? I have. I know I've been in them and I've looked around. I don't know if I've ever bought anything from a charity shop just because there's not been anything I've wanted. All right. I mean, if, you've, if you've wandered around in it, yeah. I think that counts. You don't actually and have I to would have made again. a purchase. I would again. Right. For me, more, it would be more like interesting furniture items, I think, would be the mm. thing I would be the most intrigued sure. about. Because I'm not really a vintage clothes, the clothing wearer, you know. But So my daughter is a, is a, is a thrifter. That, that mm-hmm. she, this is her hobby. She loves it. Um, and she finds some amazing stuff, including, mm-hmm. you know, ironic T-shirts. Um, she, she really likes the, you know, I, like the wine ant uh, T-shirts, right? Where it's like... <laughs> My, like I, I don't really anything, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's hilarious, right? Like it's, it's the, the like I, you know, just I'm happy as long as I'm drinking wine. And there's oh a picture my god, that's of, so and good. she's just she thinks it's hilarious. Anyway, uh, so she loves it for her, her Christmas present last year. I went to a local uh charity shop. It turned out to be her favorite one. I didn't actually know that. Um, and I decided to my my theme gift was that we were going to give her cash for charity shop shopping, but I, I wanted it to be a thrift store theme so i bought her a few uh bits of i ironic clothing part of it and, and was very amazed like if you find stuff that's any good you know for like a dollar it's it like it's amazing the things you can find and i think that's why she loves it um i bought her a facebook related t-shirt somebody obviously there were a lot of facebook t-shirts there somebody obviously uh worked or works at facebook in my local area and donated all of her t-shirts to charity uh so i got jamie one of those and we all laughed but she wasn't gonna wear it and there was however an arrested development themed t-shirt that i found that i thought was hilarious and she has worn that and she liked that that was a hit so anyway it was fun that was the yeah just local charity shop thing so you never know you, you never could get know some fun stuff right like that's the difference of charity shopping like because igor was just poking around and ended up finding a t-shirt they genuinely wanted right. he's like oh from i listen to this podcast one of their favorite and I, I never 
and I've never bought it. So now I'm going to buy this thing for $1.99 or whatever. And I'm, like, I'm now going to believe that that is my T-shirt. Mike's that's, T-shirt. That's what we're going to go with. It's Canon now. Upgrade mm-hmm. Canon. Listener Igor found the hidden secret Mike's Upgrade T-shirt in a charity shop. If you love Upgrade and you want more of it, you should subscribe to Upgrade Plus because you will get longer episodes, bonus content, and no ads, along with tons of other benefits of being a Relay FM member. You get access to our Discord. You get tons more content from your favorite Relay FM hosts and so much more. Just go to getupgradeplus.com and you can sign up. It's $5 a month or $50 a year. Thank you to all of you that have. We genuinely appreciate your support. This is kind of around the time of year where our annuals are renewing. So thank you so much if you've continued to uh, support the show for another year if you're one of our annual members. It's kind of around this time of year. And of course, our monthly members, thank you to you as well. I have some follow-up for you, Jason. Okay. According to Mark Gurman, this is not Rumor Roundup. This is just All right. a thing. According to Mark Gurman, Apple is not expecting to require employees to return to the office anytime soon. Got a couple of quotes that Mark shared that, that he was kind of given from a source. A full implementation of the return to office plan is probably not imminent. More employees are testing positive for COVID than ever. Yep. And so my yep. question really, like... I'm not really sure what the plan is here, like from Apple's perspective. Like, I kind of feel like they just have to choose a path. Do they mm-hmm. either decide that they are going to allow for way more flexibility in their working from home, or are they going to say it's time to come back? Like, because I just don't see what are you waiting for? Like, what do you think is going to change? Right. Like, yeah, I, I, I think that's where they are right now is is they're basically saying, well, when this all blows over, we're all going to return to work. And then they keep changing how, you know, when it's going to blow over. Because <laughs> like, I don't know nope, if they're not yet. Not yet not I yet, don't know if yet. there ever will be like a blowing I don't over. Know. Right. I don't like, know either. Right. It's just going to go up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like. Like many tech companies, they actually just need to make a policy and then enforce the policy because they haven't they haven't really made a policy. Their policy is based on a alternate history, I feel like, at this point. And yeah. I kind of feel like they need to just be like, hey, we're going to be fle- a flexible working company now. And that's that. Because they kind of felt like they were going, up, I mean, not a great way, but partly in that direction, right? A couple of days a week or whatever. Now they're still like, don't worry about it, don't come back. But maybe in the future we'll take. It just feels like you, people can't move forward if they're in this limbo. I'm sure. So I feel like they need to just make some decisions, and they seem to still be incapable of doing that. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a. This is this is a tough one. Like I get it. Your 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 comment about alternate history, I think, is dead on. Which is, um. I think a lot of policies were made in a return to work era where I was like, oh, well, it's all over. And I mean, to Apple's credit, Apple is showing awareness that it's not all over. <laughs> yeah, that is good, right? That they aren't, they aren't, you know, but still, right? Then it's like, okay, so I think now you can clearly see what's happening. You need to reassess what that policy was and make a new one. Right, exactly. Because this is not, this is an ongoing thing and there are going to be issues and... Like, I mean, for people, I know that there's a tendency for people to say, well, it's over because everybody's tired of it. 
but like there's a lot of COVID out there and and there's a there there are successive waves of variants and the new what is it BA5 that is rising is know, not not only not only um more um it, it it has a tendency to spread more but the 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 not to get technical but the shape of the spike protein has mutated to the point where a lot of the um, value of having gotten it before or having gotten vaccinated before has the efficacy of that has been reduced so you're going to see more spread and like there are still people who get it and and i mean you know mike like it, it it's some people get it and they they don't feel sick at all or they feel sick for a few days other people get it and they're sick for a long time so you kind of want to not have your employees get it if you're an yeah. employer and if you've shown that you can do your job remotely forcing you to go back into the office and risk getting um getting covid when you don't need to be there seems like a bad idea yeah i i mean I would like them to just make a reset and say, look, we believe in in-person work and we want to return there, but we're indefinitely putting it off and we will figure out a new plan mm-hmm. um, at the very least because this kind of just pushing it off. Because the other thing is it, it seems like this is going to be a bumpy ride too. Like they, they're waiting for the perfect moment to bring everybody back. There's not going to be a perfect moment, but even if there was a perfect moment, guess what? The perfect moment will be followed by a backslide where something happens and there's yeah. an uptick, and then yeah. they're going to have to deal with the backslide. So maybe don't wait for the perfect moment and um, be a little bit clearer about about what you're doing. And I feel for them and any any employer who is in a situation like this. But you know, you got to take care of your employees and um, and you forcing them back in when you don't need to, when you don't need to, is the is the real issue here. Um, because there are, I know they've gotten a lot of pushback from their employees who say we don't, it's not necessary for us to be present. And, you know, I understand Apple saying, yeah, but we like it. (laughs) It's like, okay, but that's probably not sufficient right now. Uh, Like, I'm still sick. So, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying people should be going back to the office here, right? But I just feel like that their policies are not, not what they should be. It just seems strange to just, like, delay it forever. Uh, I saw on, on uh, your wonderful web blog, sixcolors.com, that oh, you yes. you found and posted the first photo you took on your iPhone. This came up in a Ask Upgrade question I don't know, some number of weeks ago, uh, and I just thought it was a very cute little photo. I, this this photo is more fun than uh, I imagined. I love it. It's just yeah, so this, weird and great. This is this is um, my son in a meadow in the Sierra Nevada. It is IMG008. Um, cause we had that ask upgrade question and like, I can't find one and two is like a super blurry picture of my kids in the backseat of the car and three and four are like traffic <laughs> out the front windshield. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm testing the camera while my wife drives us to up in the mountains. But number eight is Julian standing amid all of these flowers in a meadow in the Sierra Nevada holding a chocolate chip cookie <laughs> okay so yeah and he's two at that point and that so was 15 good. years ago and he is yes the math works out he's 17 about to turn 18 so time flies when you're reviewing iphones i guess it's the cookie that does it for me man i know right well that was my thought too is like yeah. oh i have all these pictures of julian in the meadow and then i looked and i'm like holding a cookie okay so that was why my caption says my two-year-old son in a sierra meadow with cookie <laughs> But that's that also that's the family camp we go to or we went to for yeah. several years when the kids were younger. And, you know, they they 
I think when they get you there, they probably hand the kids a cookie or something like that. Yeah. So you know, th- this is this is kind of that that camp experience in a nutshell, which is a hotel you're out in the middle of nowhere with is cookies. It, it, oh yeah, um, Park Suites. It's the or Residence something? Inn. Residence Inn, I think maybe something no. Like uh, Double Tree. It's Double, Double Tree. Tree. Gives you a warm. Gives you a cookie when you check in. But yeah. it's it's, all got, it's always a cookie with nuts in it. So I'm like, well, this is useless. To me. I know, right? Their cookie recipe has nuts in it. It's too bad. Why'd you Sorry do that? about that. I don't know why people do that. I know. This episode of Upgrade is brought to you by Sourcegraph. So you've hired a brilliant developer. It's awesome. You love it. It's great. But now you have to get them onboarded. And if your company is growing, onboarding new developers will be a common occurrence and a big undertaking every time. One of the huge challenges for new hires is to get them up to speed with the project that they're going to be working on with their team. This can be tricky if the code bases your developers are working in are already large. So thankfully, Sourcegraph makes it easy to move fast even in those huge, big code bases. Developers know that knowledge is most useful when it is findable and accessible. Centralization is helpful, but given the fact that most companies store knowledge in multiple locations, at least two, how do you make it accessible to those that need it when they need it? As a code intelligence platform, Sourcegraph gives developers what they need to drive their own learning over time in different situations. Teams without Sourcegraph have to rely on asking colleagues or reviewing out-of-date documentation, which is cumbersome and time-consuming. But with Sourcegraph, every developer can search across millions of repositories to find specific code, saving time for themselves and everyone else. So when questions do come up, you know it's the big stuff that is worthy of extra time. Sourcegraph was created to make developers' lives easier. And today, they work with leading companies across every industry, including three out of the five top tech companies, plus PayPal, Uber, Plaid, GE, Reddit, and Atlassian. Visit about.sourcegraph.com to learn more now. That is about.sourcegraph.com to find out why some of the biggest tech companies in the world use Sourcegraph and to see what it can do for yours. Or just click the link in the show notes to learn more about it and to let them know that you heard about Sourcegraph from this show. Our thanks to Sourcegraph for their support of this episode and Relay FM. Jason, I would like to take a trip back to the Netherlands. We haven't been in the Netherlands for a while. You know, my, that's 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 where my daughter is right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, she's not very far from you, I suppose, because the Netherlands isn't that far from you. Yeah, she's doing a little summer, little summer program in Amsterdam. It's awesome. So I've been thinking about the Netherlands. Did you know before we get into this? Because there's interesting things about the Netherlands. I mean, Stroopwafel, it's a given. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I really, I'm playing up the summer of fun angle here. Like, no, we're having fun today. It's we're the Fourth of July. Uh-huh. It's a holiday for me, and I'm doing a podcast, and it's the summer of fun, and we're, we're uh, little, little digressions here. So one, Stroopwafels, they're the best. Mm-hmm. Just. Come on. Uh, two is I have a story about payment systems in the Netherlands. Apologies to all of the Netherlands uh, listeners out there. But uh, my understanding is the Netherlands actually was a leader in terms of, uh, of uh, payment terminals and, and contactless payment and, and other kind of like electronic payments. But as a side effect of that, they were so early. You know how this goes, right? They were so early that then when the world caught on, they caught on slightly differently. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're a little bit askew from the rest of the world. And although my understanding is that they're kind of getting back on board and then in the next couple of years, they'll kind of be all the way back, there is a very interesting, strange little quirk. And it bit Jamie this weekend, which is funny because when we were in the Netherlands a couple of years ago, right before your wedding, it bit us too, which is the best, biggest, most popular, whatever, uh, market in the Netherlands is Albert Heijn. 
and uh, they accept credit cards, but they only accept, or they, I think, the maestro cards, which are a very specific, oh my Netherlands God. only. We used to have credit them. slash debit card, right? We used Mastercard. To have them, well, but they got Mastercard rid of is Mastercard, but it's, it's their Mastercard debit. has turned yeah. it into Mastercard debit. Uh-huh. But in the Netherlands, Maestro still exists. My understanding is that next year they're shutting it down. But for now, they're just holding on to it. And Albert Hein is like, no, nobody who doesn't have a Dutch debit card can pay with a card here. And then they put ATMs in their lobbies so that you can go get money. But Jamie went to the ATM and it had no money in it, which is also bad. Mm. Um, Anyway, I and I looked up like, can you get a prepaid debit card? In, in no, you can't. You can't wow. do any of those things. So um, it was just a funny moment of the Netherlands. You, you know, they always say, "Oh, you Americans, you're so backward." Uh, you know, Europe, we've had all this stuff for the same time. Yeah, try try to buy some groceries at an Albert Heijn sometime. Try it. Try it. You can't. You just can't. So anyway, that's my. Those are my Netherlands facts, which is Maestro cards, Stroopwafels, and dating apps. So, uh, you, I'm, sh- I'm sure Upgradians will remember we spent a lot of time talking about Apple's rules in the Netherlands around dating apps. Uh, they've made some more changes. So, uh, they have once again... So, this is, again, uh, Apple making concessions to the Netherlands Authority for Consumers, the ACM, on allowing external payments by from, from third-party payment processes and external linking in dating apps based on a ruling. Apple have once again softened the language on the mandatory message that they show to users. So if you say you want to pay with an external, you know, say like, oh, I want to not use Apple's payment, I'll use an external payment. There was a sheet that came up and originally made it seem like you're about to go speak to a fraudster of some description, right? And then they softened it. They've softened that language further um, uh, before you get shown alternate options for payment. Previously as well, there were two buttons on that. Uh, little sheet that popped up one continue one says cancel now it's just one button that says i understand which i think is pretty cool uh developers yeah, are now less able, passive aggressive right way less yeah <laughs> developers are now able to use both type of entitlement so there are two entitlements that you can have one is third-party payments inside your app the other is external linking at one point apple was just saying you can only choose one of these now you can use both of them uh, they've broadened some of the requirements for payment processes. Apple had a very strict set of rules for the type of processor you could use, and they've relaxed that a little bit. Mm. And they've also updated the commission structure. Now, stick with me here. Previously, Apple was saying that it was uh, a flat 27% that you would receive from every like transaction, and then you had to give Apple the rest, right? Now you get a 3% discount instead. The difference here is if you are in some kind of program, like the small business program or on a subscription, you could get your fees down to 15%, right? So now you only have to pay Apple 12% in those circumstances where previously you would not get that benefit. So it was you got 27% uh I think I'm saying that right. Maybe my my COVID brain's messing up. But the point is, it's like previously it was like 27% commission Apple okay. would take, right? That's what right, I'm trying right. to say. Right, you're right. So it basically it was Apple Apple was going to take 30. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, well, you can do credit card processing and then we'll also take 27. And now they're saying um, whatever we normally take, we'll take 3% off of it for processing. Mm-hmm. So instead of Apple taking 30, they're taking 
you know, X minus three, yep. which is which is still 27, unless you're in that small business program or in the second year of a subscription thing, yes. in which case it drops and you get that 3% discount put on whatever your level is. That's the difference, right? So like the main thing you need to pay attention to here is it, it's it's making sure that if you were getting some kind of 15%, you would still get that 15% uh, as, the, as, the, as the overall fee and Apple would take still a 3%, right? So they're always taking 3%, but you could still get... Uh, the majority of it. So the ACM finally seem happy with these proposals that Apple have given. So it seems like this is it now. The language yeah, has been set. In uh, the Netherlands. And uh, yeah, so this should be peace. Apple subsequently unveiled its plans for South Korea. South Korea came before this, but it's taken the longest to implement. South Korea was the one where Google did their thing and like everyone was happy, but Apple were like, we are compliant. Do you remember that? <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <Nuh-uh. laughs> uh, Apple has unveiled their plans for South Korea. In South Korea... The uh, external linking and the I don't I don't isn't a thing. It's just the in-app um, like mm. like payment stuff. So like you could have external payment providers inside of your app. And in South Korea, it's possible for all applications based on a ruling there, not just dating apps. It's everything. But they will not be using the same processes in South Korea that they're using in the Netherlands, which I, I just assumed. That they they gave the the press release and gave all the details to South Korea after they'd settled it in the Netherlands because they finally had some kind of like way of doing it and they were going to roll it out more widely, which is why I thought we hadn't gotten the resolution of the Japanese Fair Trade Commission one yet, which was the first one, right? I figured they were going to go with one of them, whichever was the most pressing, and then roll out the same rules everywhere. But that's not the case. So in South Korea, they are using one of the previous warning screens, which has stronger language and two buttons. Like the language is way harsher in that than it is in the Netherlands. Hmm. They're doing a 26% commission, (laughs) which is a completely different number. And it's not going to take into account the 15% thing. So it's going back to that whole idea of like, it's 26, right? It's not that we punish you. So take it. It has to be a separate app that you submit to South Korea if you're going to use these entitlements. So now, really, Apple are doing the worst possible thing and making different rules everywhere. I was really hoping that they would just come up with something and then standardize a bunch of rules everywhere, but they're not doing that. I mean, they may yet do that eventually, but it seems like their structure here is negotiate individual deals with regulators as necessary. And maybe a system will flow out of that at some point, right? When they've got enough of these that they can find a way to standardize. Um, or maybe not. Like I, I've said before, part of their strategy here seems to be just drag their feet as much as possible mm. and make it as inconvenient as possible so people say, ah, oh, forget it. Technologically, it's all the same stuff. They're using the, the same entitlements and all that kind of stuff. But then you have to code the language in the, in the sheet and all that kind of stuff. But like it's all S-Storkit enti- external purchase entitlements, which is like... SK something something. It's like they're not creating different um, entitlements. Well, they're not creating different technological ways of doing it country to country. Just the rules are different country to country, which is intriguing. So we can say goodbye to the Netherlands. I don't think we can come back to South Korea 
at some point, this is going to continue to be a thing. We'll see. But we'll see. I, I feel that we're going to have several weeks of Netherlands-based payment follow-up, but that's okay. Like that's, Jamie's yes, that, there. Jamie's there for a few weeks, so I can have her follow up on yeah on whatever we need to follow up on. I would also love to know what the uh, Dutch uh, charity shops are like. Oh, I I will be able to give you a report for that. I think she's Excellent. already been. <laughs> I want to know. Uh, rumor roundup, Jason. Mm. Mark Gurman had Yeehaw. a few more tidbits about uh, Apple's upcoming products for this year in the Power On mm. newsletter. First is the Apple Watch Series 8. So this year's Apple Watch should include a body temperature sensor. The feature has passed Apple's testing. Mark Gurman believes that both the Apple Watch Series 8 and the Extreme Sports version, which is how I've thought of it, maybe we'll call it yep. like Apple Watch Extreme. Totally extreme. It's Mountain Dew. Uh, they're both going to get this feature. So this is interesting to me because what it's saying is like that Extreme Sports version will be a high-end product. Because I was wondering where's it going to sit, right? Mm. And if it's going to get the same sensor as the Series 8, my expectation is it will it will have all the same sensors, but just be designed yeah. differently in some way. It's it's going to be a Series 8. I, my guess is it'll be a Series 8, but in name. Mm-hmm. That they'll just, it'll be the, you know, we have the the regular one, and then we have the the Extreme Sports Edition of and the I Series 8. And I would like that. this watch, from a design perspective, for the, the case of the watch to be made out of the same material as the sports bands. That would be fun. That fluoroelastomer. Oh, sure. That would be fun. You just bounce, bounce them on the ground. Uh-huh. Bounce, just, like a Super Bowl. Yeah, it just comes right back up to you. Bounce right back. Quote yeah. from Mark Gurman, the body temperature feature won't give you a specific reading, like with forehead or wrist thermometer, but it should be able to tell you if it believes you have a fever. It could then recommend to, uh, taking to a doctor or using a dedicated thermometer. So, so I think this is, I, I actually think this is smart because everybody's body temperatures are different. And so what you really want to do is w- uh, use this to alert somebody if you think they're running a fever. And so you measure you get a sense of the baseline body temperature for the for the person who's wearing the watch. And then if their body temperature is out of whack, you put up an error and say, you know, or an alert and say, we think that you are, you may be running a temperature and, and get your attention because yeah, you could, you could keep checking and keep checking and keep checking. But um, I'm not sure that makes as much sense as, as this, like we get to sit here and measure you constantly and let you know, like, right? Isn't that better than having to um, keep checking your temperature? I think. I think I, that's a smarter way of doing it, which is, which is, we'll sure. let you know if your temperature is out of whack. Otherwise, we, you know, if we don't talk to you about it, it's you're fine. I would like both, though, right? So, uh, in uh, if you're thinking about this, right, this is going to be more like the oxygen sensor. The right. blood oxygen sensor than the ECG, because like so, the, all of the heart stuff is doing that background monitoring. But I can also get a reading and you know do what I want with it. But like, so I would still want the number, right? Mm-hmm. If I want to be able to go in <laughs> and run my own t- body temperature test and get like what is my right. temperature, I. I, I I know you want it. I'm not sure that it would be useful, and I yeah, I wonder sure. if the origin of this feature is that they they can they can give you a temperature, but it's not necessarily a temperature that will compare to the temperature if you actually use a dedicated thermometer to take the temperature because it'll be off by a little bit, but the trend sure. is still accurate. Yeah. And so, like, do they show you if 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 your skin temperature is 95, do they fake it and say 98 because that's what you would test if you uh, stuck a thermometer under your mm. tongue or in 
okay. your ear or do they okay. be, right like because it might not be this idea now it's, what it's, you yeah it might not it's be what you like, think but but here's a it, warning you should right. go and you should go and get right. this check more seriously because that's that's the important thing is that if if it if it matches to your internal body temperature and that if you get a fever it can tell because the temperature is is greater than usual then it can give you an alert and i i would also argue yeah there's a little bit of a uh patient uh you know wanting information like traditionally if you feel weird you take your temperature and like oh i'll run the temperature app whereas what the apple watch is saying is no 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 we know you're fine <laughs> we'll let you know if you're not which is i i get it like there's a level of that that is apple yeah. telling you like don't worry about it but i do wonder if that's actually what's behind it is is that the number they would give you is not a match for the number that you would get with another thermometer and so they don't want to confuse the issue and say oh oh temperature gate it runs low or temperature gate it's a different number because they fake it in order to make it seem a little warmer because it's cooler on your wrist than it is in your ear um yeah anyway i like this i really do like this though because everybody's body temperature is different and so if it can learn what your body temperature is and tell you when it's not in the normal range that's the most important thing i think and i think a lot of the winning features of apple watch are um the advantage of having a sensor monitoring you all the time uh-huh. telling you when something is different right like I, I think this could be a real winner in just saying like you may not have noticed but I noticed this thing about you because I take your you know I'm taking your vitals every five minutes or whatever so do you think that there wouldn't even be an app like that would have there might be I mean we don't know from Mark Gurman's thing but it would actually surprise me if there isn't a thermometer app that will give you a temperature but that they're not using that as an alert that the alert is when you go you know out of range and that that's when they'll alert you that your temperature is is high. Uh, Mark Gurman also believes Apple is still working on a Pro iMac of a larger display. Says that this will probably be an M3 product and would likely launch alongside an iMac update. If you remember when we went through that list last week, this was like a question we had, right? Like this wasn't mentioned. And he did mention that the iMac would probably not get an, a revision until the M3, like the, yeah. the current iMac and so maybe they will just hold on to it for a couple of years the one the one I have um, and then go for it with a bigger update so this is the new iMac and we now have a bigger one I think that'd be kind of cool uh, sure I'm a little surprised still that the iMac is skipping the M2 generation entirely maybe uh, we don't Kerman. know right like we don't know right yeah I, I'm I'm still a little skeptical about that but you know Mark says no and although Mark's I, I can't decide whether Mark's iMac information is not the not his strongest or whether it's just that there's nothing there to see and uh-huh. that he's reporting the truth that they're just going to let it let it sit there for an extra year, year and a half uh, as an M1. And also, finally, Mark is reporting that AirPods 2 will not feature any health sensors. So there have been some rumors that there could be either heart rate or temperature sensors in the new version of AirPods. Uh, this to me, like when reading this report was like, that makes sense to me because surely it would undermine the Apple watch, right? Like if they just put an app, they put a body temperature sensor on the Apple watch and then immediately put one on AirPods. It's like, oh yeah, I don't need to buy a new Apple watch. I just uh, buy the new AirPods and then I'm good. And also, I don't know, but that technology seems quite complicated for something so small. But mm. what do I know? You know? Also, I'll, I'll 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 double back to what I just said, which is you don't have your AirPods in all the time. 
So That's a good I mean, point. not everybody has an Apple Watch, and if you put them in and your and your and your ear temperature is high, having it say you might have a fever is probably a feature that is worth it. But I I think it's it's not the same as being able to monitor your body temperature kind of con- constantly and mm-hmm. note when it's out of whack because you only have your AirPods in in certain circumstances. Mac rumors is reporting that the MacBook Air will be on sale from July 15th based on their sources inside of Apple Retail. I am personally very excited for the reviews of this product. I wanted to share just on what I think is going to occur, right? So I think the reviews of the MacBook Air, the M2 MacBook Air, will only go one of two ways. Huh, interesting. It will either be, this is overpriced, or this is the best general laptop you can buy. I think it's going to go. I don't know why, but that's just the feeling I get. Cause, so so either come on, eleven ninety nine for this. Uh-huh. The other one is nine ninety nine. What are you doing? Or yep. it's going to be, oh this my god, it's so great. It's yep. light and thin and beautiful and, and super yeah. fast and it's got all these features. And oh my god, we got more ports and Max. Like, I think it's one of the two, right? And and I don't think there's a middle ground. <laughs> I think it, the, all the reviews and honestly as well, I think it's not going to be a consensus between one of those two. Some places will say this is the best laptop you could buy, and others will say this is overpriced. So, we'll see. We'll see. And Ming Chi Kuo is reporting that Apple has failed to produce their own 5G modem chips for the 2023 iPhone line. Apparently, development has stalled based on Quo's supply chain sources. Currently, it's looking like Qualcomm will continue to supply Apple's 5G modems for the iPhone 15. So, the most likely it was the next year's, right? Quote, Quo expects that Apple will continue to develop its own 5G chips. This is from Mac Rumors. But it will take more time for the work to be completed and satisfactory for use in iPhones and other devices. Yeah, it's um, funny because the CEO of Qualcomm made a statement about how they expected that they're going to lose a major supplier next year, right? Maybe they thought that was the case, right? And now Apple's going to be coming in with an order. Yeah, that's that's the that's the thing that makes this sound like a real story is that because you know, you're always like, oh, what delayed? What does that mean? Like, if they don't announce it, how is it a delay? But it's it's the, a loss, a delay in their expectations, and perhaps a delay in the expectations of of Qualcomm. It also shows you how far ahead Apple and other phone makers and other suppliers of parts have to work. I assume that we've reached the drop dead point where Apple has to tell Qualcomm if they want chips for yep. next fall, mm-hmm. for for fall of twenty three. If Ming Chi Kuo is reporting this now, what does that mean? I I, I think it means that 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 drop dead date has happened, and Apple yep. ha, has has had to make the decision. Like, are we confident? Because again, it's the iPhone, it's the crown jewels. Are we confident that we will be able to ship our own five G modem in the fall of of twenty three? And yep. the answer is no, apparently, and that's interesting. Um, but it also gives you a sense of how much time they need to tell Qualcomm, we, we need those chips. Guys, we know, I, know we're, I know we sued you, but we need those chips. Now. This is such an incredibly important part of the phone, right? Where it's like, I know yeah. Apple love their custom silicon, right? And they love to make their phones more powerful. But if you can't maintain a consistent cell signal, right. the phone oh, no. is useless. It, <laughs> and and I, I'll also 
<laughs> think back to when the Apple Silicon transition happened, and everybody's like, "Oh, I don't know how it's gonna, how it's going to go. How's this going to be?" And what I said at the time was, "Apple controls the transition. Apple chooses when to go. Intel's still making chips, right? At any point, Apple can make the transition. Apple ha- has it's is very proud of its chip making, and is not going to make a transition that reflects badly on them." Right. Like the moment that Apple was going to make the Apple Silicon transition to what we now know as the M1 was going to be a moment where everybody was blown away by the M1, because otherwise, why would you do that? Right. Why would you why would you come out at the moment where it wasn't really all there and it, and it was really kind of behind Intel? And, oh, this is like every Mac user is taking a hit like you would never do that. Well, guess what? The iPhone is more important product to Apple than the Mac. Cellular signal is a very important feature of a cell phone. And if you can't come out and at least have parity with the Qualcomm experience, you need to not do it. And I suspect that that's what happened here, which is, you know, because the last thing Apple wants to do is have this perception that like, oh, yeah, Apple replaced the good Qualcomm chip with their own crappy chip. And now uh, the new iPhone is bad. Like that's bad on so many layers, right? Like it's the the layer of like, oh no, the iPhone is perceived negatively. Like that's really bad for Apple. And then on top of it, it's like, oh, and Apple's own chip design prowess is now in question. Like that hit, that hurts. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it unless they can do it right. And um, this is our first signal that they're not there yet. This episode of Upgrade is brought to you by FitBod. Between balancing work, family, and everything else you have going on in your life, sometimes it can be hard to make fitness a priority. What you need is a program that will work with you, not against you, and that's why you need FitBod. FitBod has an algorithm to learn about you and your goals and your training ability, and will craft a personalized exercise plan that is unique to you. Their app is incredibly easy to learn exactly how to perform every exercise. It makes it so simple to do. They have these beautiful HD video tutorials. They shoot them from multiple angles so you can learn every exercise really easily. They also have great instructions too. Personal fitness isn't about competing with others. You don't have to look to people, try and stack up against them, do what they do, emulate them. That's that's not going to work. Like this is again, this is what made Fitbod work for, for me personally is to create something that was just for me and that I also was able to tailor if I wanted, but their algorithm does a fantastic job of understanding my path and crafting something that's right for me. Fitbod learns from you as well, so it will track your muscle recovery to make sure that your plans balance of different types of exercises so you're not overworking anything and it will also take into account from your last workout to make your next one better no matter how much you work out as well it uses this data to adjust that dynamic fitness plan you then have instant access to your personalized routine wherever you are so you can make goals on your progress from anywhere FitBod's app is really great. I love the design and it integrates with your wearables. So your Apple Watch and Wear a smartwatch and also maybe other apps and services that you use like Strava, Fitbit and Apple Health to, to make FitBod a part of your overall fitness uh, routine and, and regime, which is awesome. Personalized training of this quality can be really expensive. But FitBod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. And you can get 25% off your membership by going to fitbod.me slash upgrade. So go there right now and get your own customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash upgrade. And that is 25% off your membership. That is fitbod.me slash upgrade to find out more and get that 25% off. Our thanks to FitBod for their support of this show and Relay FM. 
So, Jason, I was inspired by David Sparks, our friend mm. of the show. Yep. And one of his labs posts. I think it was a labs post. Max Sparky yeah, Labs is. is awesome, by the way. Uh, I recommend it. It is. It is David. his membership. Yep. David produces right. a wonderful amount of content that I enjoy greatly. A lot of his video. He, he's living the life of not being a lawyer anymore to do other yep. content. It's great. Yep. And I like that he makes a lot of video content. That, that makes it different to me to some of the other um, like membership programs that I subscribe to, like mm-hmm. you know, it's newsletters or podcasts, but it's his video, which I like. Anyway, but he made a couple of videos about uh, a iPad status board. So I have taken his uh, example and have just what I've been using my iPad Air for, the iPad Air that I primarily bought for a uh, stage manager, but would otherwise, outside of testing, kind of be mostly unused here at my studio. So basically what this is, is it's using like widgets and stuff to have a iPad that sits on your desk, that's just the screen is on all the time, where you're able to get access to information. And then for me, also kind of using universal control and stuff like that and trying out more of these features. So I wanted to show you how I have it set up, talk about how I'm using it, and talk about some things that are frustrating me (laughs) about the experience. Okay. So I've got a, a screenshot in the show notes of this iPad and how it's set up right now. Um, And primarily it's pretty widget focused. So I have uh, a couple of stacks and then some widgets. So the top left, I've got a stack of the large widgets uh, of Fantastical and Carrot Weather, and that rotates. Um, The rotating was interesting because what I learned quite quickly is widgets rotating in your peripheral vision is quite like I find it quite distracting. So yeah, one I, of the th- I would think so. Yes. So one <laughs> of the things that I've worked nope. out though is <laughs> if I change the theming so the colors are the same, it doesn't distract me because carrot weather usually I use like a the, the, a widget where the background color is like condition dependent. So. Mm-hmm. It can be blue if it's sunny and blah, blah, blah. But if I changed it to black, which I don't really like the look of as much, but I have Fantastic Hours dark mode too, like just the black calendar, then it doesn't distract me in the same way because it's just changing over, but it's not changing over and changing color. So that was something that I found that was uh, annoying me. But that's the only stack uh, that I've got going on there. But Mm -hmm. that was an interesting thing. Um, oh, I do actually, I have uh, some time tracking shortcuts underneath the timery widget that I have, but that doesn't um, rotate on its own. Like that. that's how I use timery widgets. Like wherever I put a timery widget, I put shortcuts that access timers underneath it, underneath that widget, because that just makes sense to me. Uh, I have a Todoist widget. I have a Widgetsmith slash photos widget, which when I took the screenshot just so happened photos was was giving me a reminder of a time that we spent together in ireland even though yes. the widget says trips to Botashine, which is a romania uh, which is in romania i have never been to romania and yet photos thinks nope. that we were together in romania we i went on did i send a you a picture or something no, no no so i went on a trip to ireland for all and then from ireland went to romania oh for some reason photos has put all of that together in one trip Oh boy, I don't know wow. why it does that, but it well, I that. love that it's a picture of us mm-hmm. that somebody else of us taking a picture together that somebody else took a picture of. Yeah, even better, even better. Then I have so Spark, nice. which is my email, and then Train Beacon, which is an app that I use to tell me the train times from 
the studio to home. Love. So yeah. this is like so just good. what I have. I have this just sitting here all the time, and it works pretty well. So where where is it positioned? Is it below mm-hmm. your screen? It's below and just to the right a little bit, because that's where I have right. a space for it. Um, okay. Because I'm trying it out right now. I think ideally I would want it directly below, but then I would just have to rearrange some stuff on my desk, and I don't want to do that until I'm sure that I want this as like a, a thing. And um, my so my big concern, I, I love it. I, I love the idea of a status board. I love when Panic had their status board. Sadly, RIP, yep. they they killed it. Um, we actually used that at Macworld for a while. I, I set up like a TV with an iPad Velcroed on the back running status board by Panic uh, because I really liked the status board concept. Um, I thought about doing that here. Um, you know, I, I feel like I keep coming back to like, would I use it versus just having various statuses on my Mac screen, um, my and I thought about the iPad and and so I'm curious: is it? I mean, the iPad's meant to be kind of like held in your hands, and so I, my concern is that if you set it down somewhere kind of off to the side, that everything's going to be a little small. Um, it's well, okay. I mean, I think it's fine. I mean. There is a thing where most of the time my iPad use this is an iPad Mini, so like oh, well. this is big Jeez, for me. This is like a this is like a big iPad. I, I guess with iPad OS sixteen, you're going to be able to do the more space. Uh, can you make it larger? You could make it. You could do a thing where it's like bigger stuff, and maybe it would look better that way. Well, um, I am I doing that. Was that was the thought I had. So yeah, I'm, okay. I'm doing the the bigger the bigger space on bigger, this iPad Air. Bigger spaces, and then you're using the extra extra you know the extra large widget for your weather uh-huh. and. All right. I think this is an interesting idea. I mean, I love the idea of ambient stuff. I use, um, that's why I have all that stuff in my menu bar is I'm trying yeah. to give myself like ambient information that I can just glance at and say, okay, that's what's going on. And so I, I think this is an interesting idea. The idea that you've got like a little, uh, little buddy. It's information <laughs> that like I have a lot and like a lot of this stuff does live in my menu bar, right? As like you say, but I actually think it can be much nicer to just have it all visually there. Mm-hmm. But let me talk about some of the issues I'm having uh, with this. I, w- I was going to, before we get there, I, I have one, one mm. hypothetical for you, which yep. is what if you could attach a monitor to a Mac, use it as an external monitor, and then put widgets on it? Imagine, Imagine. you could just run the widgets on your I Mac. Yep. Imagine if you could do that. that. Right. If I oh, could well. just, but yeah, <laughs> cannot do that. So I'm um, using universal control for the first time seriously. Like I've tested okay. it out, but never really had much of a use for it myself. And I'll preface this by saying I'm using iOS 16 or iPadOS 16. So maybe there's some weirdness there, but maybe people can let me know if I'm having an, uh, a, a regular experience. I find it not to be very reliable. So I have the box checked inside of system preferences to automatically reconnect my iPad to my MacBook Pro. And that never happens. Like, you know, either sometime in the day or the next day, I have to do the thing where I push the, 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 the cursor through the screen, right? And do that like little linking. And then I have my iPad sitting underneath my Mac and you can't, or at least I have not found a way. I don't think it's possible to to get the linking to happen that way. It has to go through the left or the right, it seems. Like, I can't push my cursor down to do that connection. So every time I have to, say, push it to the right, then open system preferences, go to displays, then drag the iPad down underneath the display in, like, that little arrangement thing that they have. And then I can go, like, 
from the bottom of my Max monitor to the top of the iPad monitor, right? But I'm having to do that every time. It's not remembering that arrangement. And that is frustrating to me. Now, yeah. I don't know if you have experienced this uh, universal control very much, but like, I'm finding that annoying to me. Um, and I don't know if it's, there's something that, that the beta's got going on or if it's like, this is just what it's always like, but that is annoying to me. I haven't used universal control a lot. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I definitely have found that it's not as as reliable. Like when it works, uh. it's magical, but it doesn't always feel like it works. Yeah. Like so I have a, another little thing issue. where I use a Logitech mouse, right? Mm-hmm. And the scroll wheel doesn't work on my iPad. It scrolls on my Mac, even though the cursor is on my iPad. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> wow. So I, I, I bring the the mouse down and I'm on my iPad and I want to scroll a web page, but it actually then just scrolls Safari on the Mac, for example, because it's like wherever the cursor was last. Um, similarly, a lot of the times I have to click somewhere on the iPad for the keyboard to work, otherwise the keyboard stays on the Mac. Um, but, you know, this is a technology that I know so many weird things are having with this. Like, so I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit more forgiving of it, but it is just like one of those things where this isn't as magical as I would want. Like my, if I use my magic trackpad, it works fine. The scrolling's perfect, but with my Logitech mouse, it isn't. And maybe it's because I use the little unifying receiver and not Bluetooth, but nevertheless, like the system knows the scroll's going on, right? Can't it pass that through? I don't know. So that's universal control. Uh-huh. I would say it's it's a really interesting feature, and the fact that it just works is great when it works, but it also doesn't work sometimes. But the fact yeah, that hard, I can it's just hard to rely on it, nice. which is yeah. which is the shame of it, right? Yeah, exactly. But I'm not like I'm not using it a lot, right? So like it doesn't really bother me very frequently. But when I do want to use it, it's never just as much. It never. It's not like. It just works in a way that I want. Uh, Monroe in the chat is saying the Logitech software is incompatible with Universal Control right now. So there you go. <laughs> that explains it. Uh-huh. Um, I would love more control over my iPad's power settings. So oh, to, get, to get this to work, you have to turn your display to never go to sleep, right? Because if the display is going to sleep, this is useless. Right. So, so what I would like to do is tell iPadOS if this if this iPad is connected to power, don't go to sleep. Because then what I could do is always have this thing connected to power and put it on a smart switch that turns off when I leave in the evening. Ah. So and then turns about on just automatically. Plug, have you thought about just plugging it into your Mac too? And then when you Put your Mac to well, no, it, you'd have to shut it down, and you are a sleeper and not a shutter downer. Well, I was uh, yeah, I you take do... the laptop away from me. Don't I? Oh, okay. Well, uh, then then that would have the same effect. But either either way, yeah, I, I think there are some issues with the OLED display on. Well, there's no OLED displays on iPads though, right? No. It's just yeah, I, I, I was going to invent the on. iPad screensaver, yeah. uh, but we don't yeah. want that. We don't want that. No, I, and I don't I don't want the display on when I'm not here, right? Like I right I, totally. But so the, the uh, currently I have it that it's just like just be on all the time, and then I have to turn right. like lock it at night. You you have to press the button at night, which is not the not the worst thing in the world. But mm-hmm. yeah, it would be nice if you could 
get a bit more. You could do it. You could set an automation. Can you set an automation to like? I wanted. I can't find anything in shortcuts Mm. that allows me to change anything about the lock state or the like the screen state because that was where I went first. I was like, I know there's weird stuff in here. So this is my next thing. Uh, Give me, give me some shortcuts triggers for locking and unlocking the device. Like that would be honestly better, right? Like not even unlocking. I can do the unlocking, right? But like just like turning the screen off. You know, so like then I could be like when the there is no power, turn off the display. That's what I want it, right? right. Because then I can set up my own, another trigger on a on a home kit switch and do it that way. Um, I think this is interesting. I've thought about using an iPad as an auxiliary screen with universal control to do some apps that are not that important. Mm-hmm. Like you could also because you can also just flip over and put Fantastical in full screen and and look at your calendar over there like there are other uses that you can have you could move yes. out of out of uh widget mode momentarily without having to do it on the mac and with universal control that's a lot better because you're using those ipad apps that are perfectly good instead of using a sidecar and i've been doing that because like now ha- just like having the, the ipad on my desk it's not far from me i am finding myself quite frequently like just tapping the fantastic L icon with my right. finger right and just like i can just look at the calendar and -hmm. i could also imagine i haven't done this yet but i could imagine like using it as a reference for things either to have articles there or video there or something while i'm doing something else like sure and i've also been using it to control music on my home pod because i much prefer doing that on an ios or ipad os app then on my Mac. I, yeah. I find that way nicer. <laughs> as somebody uh, as who, who airplays on a Mac every day, uh, it's not as good. So it's that, not. It's been nice for that, right? That I can right. just, I can uh, just like, you know, use control center with my finger and just like. Oh know, man, tap. you know, the next step, I, I'm going to throw this out there. Maybe this is a Mac Sparky uh, video that he should make or I should make one, but uh, I'm now envisioning, because I do keyboard controls for all my media controls. Mm-hmm. Um so like a play, pause, next, all of that is I've got little macros that because I don't I don't use the the F keys I use a different set of keys. I thought you could probably run a macro that runs a shortcut. Could we could you could you run a shortcut that tells the iPad? I don't know. I, that's my next thing is like can I they need universal shortcuts or something right? I want right. to be I want to be able to on my Mac press a key and run an automation that tells the iPad to do something like play or pause or something like that. Uh, Robot MLG in the in the in the Discord has said, "This isn't perfect, but you could have a shortcut toggle low power mode on, which would turn display sleep on. So that might be a way to get around it. I'm going to try that. Oh yeah, interesting. So that I, I'm not sure if it does override it, but I expect it probably would override so- my setting." Really great piece of feedback from David in the chat who says sometimes the right answer might be get a second computer monitor. But here's the thing, what I said earlier, which is I would, you need, there he's followed it up with you need better Mac OS software. Because like all these widgets are on Mac OS. You could probably do it, but the the widget presentation is so good and you can only get it on the Mac in Notification Center, right? Like even if there was an app, literally just an app that was a, a an empty canvas on which you could put widgets that would be fine but you can't and and in some cases the ipad version just is superior plus you can see the widgets that you can't see on the mac so that's the that's the thing is yeah i i cuz i kind of agree with david like a a second monitor or even a second monitor with a little bit 
of space devoted to widgets might be a solution here. Yeah. Um, or even if you've got a big display like a like a pro display, a little area on your monitor with widgets on it dedicated to widgets. But Apple has thus far decided that Mac OS users never need to see widgets except uh, on demand in notification center. And it's super frustrating but that's but where we there still is are. this the other part of it which is where this started with david and that's what inspired me is i have this ipad like i have it already it's, it, yeah it, yeah i think it's i think that's right and and with sidecar it is a second mac monitor when you want it to be yes which is the beauty of it right sidecar like that's is pretty the, cool yeah i mean i don't use it a lot but i um i was thinking the other day that that um i was editing a video project in final cut and i was really frustrated because of screen space because even on a 27 inch monitor like trying to see the whole picture and all that and i realized oh you know what i really should do is use sidecar and put the like the output monitor as the ipad mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i i save a lot of space and i'm gonna try that the next time so yeah i i think i think the ipad as a versatile kind of like sometimes it's an ipad sometimes it's a monitor sometimes it's just like a widget player um but I would even argue on the iPad, um, I'm I'm coming around to this idea. We'll call it dashboard. We'll totally call it dashboard. Yep. The idea that there should be a widget presentation mode, even on the iPad, I would love an app that you could run that just had arbitrary collections of widgets in it, and then no dock, right? No dock, and a separate separate from what's on the home screen. Why are the widgets? Why do they have to be on the home screen? Maybe there's there's a widget presentation mode, and then you put that on. On uh, okay, I'm calling it for next year. This is on my wish list for next year now. Dashboard on the Mac and the iPad that allows you to only display widgets in a very nice presentation mode because widgets are great, and I am frustrated that Apple is not doing more with them. Like I, wa- I really want a, 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 <laughs> I want an Apple made. Like I know there's third party apps, but is there a little janky? I want uh, music controls on a widget. I just, <laughs> I just want it. All right, I just want it. Give it to me. Yeah. Um. I'll some. I, I do wonder they're they're doing that new um thing that is not going to come out un, until later in the fall. That's the live event notification on the mm-hmm. lock screen. Mm-hmm. It's basically a widget, and I wonder if that is your interactive widget, right? That there will be an API that that's sort of that API for an ongoing thing. And wouldn't it be nice if you could plant that on your home screen too? I think so it's you can potentially say, the start of that, right? Like it's, it's right. Like I could right, imagine it, maybe next year, like we're going to bring the great technology of live activities together with widgets, right? But still right, going to be like only in these certain fields, though, will be their start. I bet. So I wanted to put in a plug for Scriptable, um, Scriptable.app. Um, if you know or can learn or can bash around with JavaScript, Scriptable lets you make your own widgets. Mm-hmm. I have been, I, and I actually just wrote about this last yeah, week. Yeah, I want, I want to talk about most of this stuff in a future episode about yeah, your, but, your but just experimentation briefly, with Briefly. I've been playing around with WeatherKit, the we- the the web API for WeatherKit. Now that I have an Apple developer account and they released the WeatherKit API. Um, and of course, I have a widget that shows me my current weather and I realized, whoa, I could do a widget that shows me the future. And I really love the WeatherLine widget and WeatherLine is dead. Um, and it seems to have gotten bought by uh, Fox for Fox Weather. And I thought, you know, I really, one of the great things about WeatherKit is that WeatherKit... Um, is from Apple and is very much not reselling your location data anywhere. (laughs) And so I'm like, I'd really like to use WeatherKit to build something like Weatherline. And um, it turns out somebody used um, a different API to do an hourly Weatherline-like thing in Scriptable, which I took and 
changed to use WeatherKit and to show daily instead of hourly. And it needs it needs some work, but it totally works. And so now it's showing data from my weather station and data from WeatherKit and charting it. And and I just want to put out a plug, like because our audience has got a lot of technical minded nerds in it. Um, if and and for you, Mike, I know it's a little bit much, but I I you know you've got friends who might be able to help. Like if there isn't a widget <laughs> to do what you want, yeah, you can use something like Scriptable and make it, which is so great. The, like the idea that you can just build your own widget, I love it. So I'm using it for for a couple of widgets, and I think it's great. I recommend iPad Status Board as a thing to try out, especially if you are, you know, like I know that there are so many nerds that listen to this that like maybe bought an iPad and then weren't sure what to do with it, you know? Um, this could be something. Like and for me it's like I, I feel like I've worked out as of today actually, I do not own an iPad Pro. Sold them both. <gasps> they're gone. I don't need it right now. Now what I tell you I did have this thought today. I was using my iPad mini and I was like, I know that they're not going to update this. <laughs> and I'm very confident that that next iPad Pro is going to be tempting in some way or another. We'll see, right? Like, I think one of the things I'm going to try doing in the meantime is like I might take this iPad home and try and use it the way that I use my iPad mini. But man, I love that iPad mini. It's so good to read on. It's so good for video. Like, and it's so small. I I hope that they keep working on it, but yeah, I don't. I have the iPad Air and the iPad Mini, and they are they are very capable for what I need to do, and I think they're great. I'll, we'll see. I mean, it's a journey. We're all on it. Mm-hmm. We go in different places. Uh, the thing about recording it and releasing it every week is that people follow us on the journey and can can also remember back when we were on a different journey. Um, I want to put in a plug for Pyto, uh, which is a a Python app that I have only used a little bit but also apparently does widgets. So if you are a Python person and not a JavaScript person, maybe I'll switch to that because I am not a JavaScript person. Uh, make your own widgets, people. It's great. And I uh, love the idea of the status board. I'm going to try this some more. Uh, Universal Control makes it more interesting too, right? Yeah. That ability to to set it over there. And you know, sometimes in your mental model, you reach over and touch it. And other times in your mental model, you just slide that, that yep. pointer over there. Yeah, I've been like doing it. exactly both of those. Yeah. All right, well, we'll have to check in. We'll have to do yeah. a status board status in the future. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Maybe you're thinking about dinner tonight. Maybe you want Chinese food. Maybe your flatmate wants pizza. It doesn't matter because there's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. And you can get the grocery essentials that you need of DoorDash too. Drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with their contactless delivery drop-off setting. And with over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and the Cheesecake Factory. Let's imagine that you are me, or you could be yourself, but you can imagine you're me in this situation, and you are stuck for 10 days in the United States of America in various hotel rooms. This seems out, like an outlandish scenario that and would never happen. You would love some tasty food, maybe from some of your favorite places, and also you would like some things delivered to you from Walgreens or CVS or something like that. 
DoorDash is so good. Let me tell you, DoorDash made my life in America so much easier because I could have things brought to me. But it's not just at these times. Maybe you just want something tasty for dinner. DoorDash is going to help you. Our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more for a limited time when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code UPGRADE2022 if you're in the U.S. or UPGRADE AUS if you're in Australia. That's 25% off up to $10 of value and zero delivery fees on your first order. Just download the DoorDash app in the App Store, enter the code UPGRADE2022 for the U.S., UPGRADE AUS for Australia. One last time, UPGRADE. Yes, obviously UPGRADE 2022 uh-huh. for the US upgrade AUS for Australia and you'll get 25% off your first order with DoorDash subject to change terms apply our thanks to DoorDash for the support of this show and Relay FM Summer of Fun Summer of Fun time. it is the day of fire independence fire up the grill I'm gonna be grilling some 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 meats on the grill okay uh yeah for me I'm a meat eater Sorry if that uh, disturbs you, those who aren't. You can put other That's things fine. on the grill. That's right. Anything it's okay. On the grill. Um, it's 4th of July, Independence Day in America. Mm-hmm. I am um, spending my morning on the 4th of July talking to a Brit. Hello. The, uh, hello. Um, we, you know, declared independence in 1776 from your 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 guys yeah it's something your, that a lot of people still for some reason continue to think is a very <laughs> it's like very important to them yeah that, 246 years later like yeah. super hot yeah wow yeah. we did it like c- congratulations yeah. i don't care <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. But, coming anyway. up on 250 coming up on a quarter of a millennium now it's okay yeah. um no one thinks uh, about how, it here however it's the it's that well of course nobody thinks about it there mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we all think about it here. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to do something fun for the summer of fun and fun for us as an American and an English person on the 4th of July. This is one of those things you say, fun. I think this is not going to be fun for me. Right? Well, but we'll, find I mean, we'll out. see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I would like to begin and we'll see how far this goes, but I would like to begin because I was searching yesterday for things I could test you on about America. And you won't be surprised to find out that what I actually found were a bunch of dumb BuzzFeed quizzes. That doesn't surprise uh, me at all. This this is a BuzzFeed quiz that actually is credited to the senior content operations manager of BuzzFeed UK and a member of the BuzzFeed staff. Um, it is, would you, are you more British or American? And I think <laughs> it is intended okay. humorously. I think it is amazing. So uh-huh. let's start out. What would you rather drink, coffee or oh. tea? Oh, I mean, coffee, right? I mean, I can see where this is going already. Yeah, right. coffee. Mm-hmm. What would you rather eat, meatloaf or a beef roast? <laughs> oh, beef roast. Okay. Here's, this is my favorite of all the questions. Which beach would you rather visit, Cornwall or Venice Beach? Are you getting it yet? <laughs> oh, Cornwall, because I've been to Venice Beach. And <laughs> it's not All right. nice around there. <laughs> All right. What landmark would you rather visit? Stonehenge or the Grand Canyon? Grand Canyon. Yeah. I'm sorry, Stonehenge. But where would you rather spend a sunny day? Hyde Park or Central Park? Central Park. All right. I, I love this quiz. It's literally US or UK every single time. Where would you rather see a musical? The West End or Broadway? West End. 
It's a shorter commute for you. It, um, I, I think it's nicer. The wet, I think the West End is nicer to be in than, than Times Square, for example. And Broadway <laughs> is split, spread out way more than the West End. So. Emma pointing out Cornwall is not a beach. Indeed, it is not. Yeah. Although it does contain many brilliant beaches. Mm-hmm. And that answer is correct. All right. Which cocktail would you rather drink? I, I'm, I'm a little stumped on this one. So good luck. Cosmopolitan or Porn Star Martini? Oh, so a porn star martini is a passion fruit martini, mm-hmm. by and large, which I think you pour the vodka into. Um, what is in a cosmopolitan? Cos- I couldn't tell you. Cosmopolitan. Oh, Google's doing that. What is in? Hold on. Vodka, cranberry juice, lime juice, and triple sec in a cocktail shaker. So it says Bon Appetit. Mm. I'm going to say porn star martini. All right, how how English of you? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I th- this is where I laughed out loud legitimately when I saw this for the first time, and I thought, oh, I just am going to do this quiz on upgrade. That's just we're just going to do it. What late night food would you rather have, Taco Bell or a kebab? <laughs> hmm. The classic choice. The classic choice is it Taco Bell or a kebab? This is actually incredibly difficult (laughs) (laughs) because, you know what? I'm going to say Taco Bell because if, because, okay, so this is a bad question. I'll tell you why this is a bad question. (laughs) Oh, this is a, no, no, no. This is is a genuinely the the worst question. Among bad questions, this is a very bad question. If you go to Taco Bell. It's not just one food. Like, you choose from the Taco Bell menu. Exactly. Now, if they're telling me I can choose from a kebab shop menu, well, now we're in a different Well, it has realm. to be a kebab, though. That has to be a kebab. Right, it but can't see, be, that's the it problem. It can be any kebab, but it, it, it has to be one. Well, no, because in a kebab shop, you can just go in and get, like, chips. Yeah. Sorry. Right? Well, in Taco Bell, like, Taco Bell is not like, oh, you can only get the tacos. Like, they do all kinds right. of stuff. So I'm going to say Taco Bell because I don't really like kebabs, uh-huh. especially from a kebab shop. And in Taco Bell, I feel like <laughs> I feel like the Taco Bell answer is giving me more agency. Wait, 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 wait. You don't like kebabs, especially from a kebab shop? Well, you can get like uh, other donor ben, and shish kebab, kebab from like real from like nicer restaurants than like what would right. be considered like a like Where- a I've had a beer and I'm going to a ke- right. to a kebab shop. It's like okay, and and at the kebab shop, there are other things you'd rather order. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. What an interesting uh, contradiction that is. Well, but, well, because I like kebab from good like, places. Good places. <laughs> yeah. To me, the kebab in a kebab shop, the meat seems questionable at best sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And I don't want to do that. So, like, I would get like just some chips, especially because if I'm if I had had. And too much to drink where I'm going to a kebab shop. The idea of just like the carbs to help soak everything up, that is good for me, right? So, yeah. All right. Which museum would you rather visit? The Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History in Washington, D.C. or the Natural History Museum in London? I mean, I haven't... I'm just going to say the Natural History Museum in London. I'll give you a couple of answers for this. One, it's a fantastic museum. It has great mm-hmm. exhibits. Two, it is across the road from three other museums. So 
I don't know what the Smithsonian's got going for. No, because this got, is the, the entire. It's like all. It's like a whole. Like there's a dozen museums. Wait, which museum did you say? Natural History Museum in London, Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History in Washington D.C. Why would they pick those two? They They've don't... decided you're going to see old bones. <laughs> which museum containing old bones would you rather visit? Wait, so Various this isn't bones. the Natural History Museum in New York. This is a different no, one. No, it's the one in Washington, D.C. It's the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History. Hmm. Okay, because the Smithsonian's multiple things, right? Because I've been to it the is. Smithsonian and it was something There's else. There's many, many Smithsonian museums in D.C. Okay. So, Zach, all museums in London are free to go into. So, giving me the free thing is not helpful. Like, yeah. They're all free here. Um, that was a, a comment from our Discord. Yeah. <sighs> I'm still going to go with the, the Natural History Museum in London. Oh, I mean, like the West End, it's close. It's convenient. It's not uh, about the close. <laughs> it's not about the close. Right, I'm not okay, assuming fine. I have to travel, right? Like, I'm assuming I, right. that, like, there's something magical and I'm just going yep. there. And it is because, like, the Science Museum is right there. I love the Science Museum. The V&A is right there. The V&A is awesome. So, like, I would, choose, I would choose Natural History Museum in London. Now, this is the question that has split the U.S. and the U.K. for so many years. Okay. And we're going to settle it right here. Right. Which is where would you rather go shopping, the Reading Terminal Market in Philadelphia or the Lanes in Brighton? What? <laughs> <laughs> Why? I mean, there's a picture here. There's like there's lobsters and uh, meat and sausages uh, <laughs> in Philadelphia, and this in Brighton, is I don't know. There's things in Brighton. There's people walking down the street in Brighton. This is absolute madness. It it is, but you must answer. Because it's the upgraded Fourth of July quiz. I'm going to go the lanes because the lanes are fantastic in Brighton, but like I don't have any context for these two things. You need to give me this link to put it in the chat room. Says it's amazing. Oh, I will. I will. I'm just preventing you. Maybe it is, but I'm going to go with the lanes. What dessert would you rather eat? Apple pie or Uh sticky toffee pudding? Sticky toffee pudding. Mm -hmm. What chocolate would you rather eat? This is Hershey's Kiss or Cadbury Cream Egg. Would I prefer to eat good chocolate or chalk? Hmm. Let me think. You can't about spell this. chocolate without chalk. Okay. Uh huh. There is absolutely like, sorry, America, your chocolate sucks. All right, I'm coming down hard on this one. Uh, it's, it's, it's Cadbury's. A, you can get, you can absolutely get good chocolate in America, and oh, Hershey's yeah. is not chocolate. I like Hershey's chocolate, but it's not chocolate. Mostly, well, we just get good what, dark chocolate. I've had great yeah. chocolate in America. Ghirardelli is fantastic in San Francisco. Sure. I love that. But like we're licking, licking this is like we will hold yeah, up Hershey's these kiss. two, right? Hershey's is the American. Cadbury's yeah. is British, right? Like this is like the idea here. Um, even though, like, yep. you know, yep. now I get, the oh, I get it. No, we gotta, we gotta live it. We gotta live our stereotype. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I get it. So Which Cadbury's holiday would you rather celebrate? Which holiday would you rather celebrate? Bonfire night or Thanksgiving? <laughs> Those are what? your choices. <laughs> Why not go with Fourth of July and Bonfire Night, which are the well, closest? that would that, that would fit most with the t- the tenor of this quiz to just have it be the most obvious American and British things and make you choose. But they've chosen Thanksgiving. No, 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 and Jason. I'm going to say that, that this quiz is doing. This is actually fitting this quiz of like, here are two things. They're not they're actually mis- really that close. <laughs> no, uh, Thanksgiving. But one is American and one is British. Okay, I, Thanksgiving. Because Thanksgiving is fantastic for the food and I don't like fireworks, right? Okay, in general. There you go. So, 
finally, finally, Man. where wow. would you rather ring in the new year, Times Square or the London Eye? That's, I can't, that's not a question. Like, <laughs> you can't be on the London Eye anyway, right? So you're not actually on the London Eye. You're on, I like, know. You're on the bank. I mean, it would be amazing Thames. if you were up at the top of the London Eye while the fireworks are going off. But this is an easy one anyway. It's New York because London is trying so hard to have like, we want to be like Times right. Square. And it's just we have not reached, happening. We have reached the answer of the super difficult quiz. Uh, you are more British, although I think it was closer than you might expect. Okay. Uh, and it, the quiz says, all dressed in green with a cup of tea. You're a true Brit. Green. Uh, and then there's a gif of Mary Berry saying you should okay. be very proud. <laughs> okay. Wow. That is, I mean, that is, that's, that's a terrible quiz. Whoever wrote that, like, <laughs> I don't, there are so, I just don't understand some of the comparisons. Like, that didn't make any sense to me. Well, some things were like, oh, this is the analogous one to the other. And then here is just like two completely random things, but they're both like, in a category. All right. Um, we're moving on to the British American English quiz now. Oh. I don't know I'm going to give you a British English word and you oh. must give me the American English equivalent. Oh my God. All right. This is fun. Okay. Bonnet of a car. Uh, uh, oh my. Hood. Correct. Yeah. Pack of cards. Deck. Correct. Yeah. Dummy. Pacifier? Oh, I didn't even know that one. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know you called those dummies. That's funny. Yep. A uh, uh, single ticket. <laughs> I don't know. What? Wait, so this is in English, it's single. In like in, in British, in, in, I'm just saying, in English, it is single ticket and i have to give you the american no. english what yeah it's single with ticket in parentheses after it i don't understand i don't i can can you write this down can, like so i can see what it's saying because like i don't i don't i feel like i don't even i don't know what it's actually asking me single okay i did it single ticket oh emma said it in the chat so but this is probably it this i wouldn't have gone up with this is it one way Oh, is it like a traffic ticket? Oh. I don't even understand. It is one way. It yeah, is this is way. like a, a, a ticket on a train or a plane. Oh, it's a one-way ticket on one a One-way ticket. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I All get right. this. I, I wouldn't have gotten that. Like, I would not have gotten that. But yes, it's, right. it's one way or round trip or return or whatever you call Look, it. Look, I'm just getting all these questions from the internet that I, I yeah. don't endorse the quality clearly. No, no, no. Uh, Q. Uh, line. Yeah. yeah. Stand in line. Lift. Elevator. Mm -hmm. Boot of car. Trunk. Mm -hmm. Autumn. Fall. I prefer fall to autumn, by the way, just as a, Interesting. As a word. So when the leaves fall. It is. It's nicer. I, that's one of the ones that I do prefer. Biscuit. Wait. <laughs> now I'm confused again. Am I giving you the American word for biscuit? Yeah, give me the American word for biscuit. It's what I call a biscuit, right? Yeah. So cookie. Cookie, yeah. Yeah, because this is where, like, this is where it confuses me because you have biscuits, but they're a different thing. Yeah, exactly. And caravan. Trailer? Yeah, you got yeah. it. 
Look at that. I think there was only one I didn't get right, right? Which was I just which was the single ticket one. And I'm going to conclude with uh, another stupid quiz, just a little, just really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are you more likely to hear the sports shown uh, here in this picture, which I'll put in the Discord because it's very good. Uh, you need to you need to see it. It's a video question. A video question. Yeah, there it is. Or it's a picture question. They call it a video daily double. On okay. What is that? Sp- where where are you more likely to hear that sport known as soccer? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, let me think. America. Uh-huh. I'm going to go. Uh, yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Good job. You don't need what to is, see the image on right. Gradient, so you know what that mul- is now. <laughs> no, multiple. It's a picture of a soccer mm-hmm. uh, football match. Uh, what's the most common name for London's underground method of transportation? Good news, Mike. It's a multiple choice question. Excellent. The subway, uh-huh. the metro, the tube, or the underpass? <laughs> Wait, oh my god. Wait, so hang on a second. Is this now a quiz for Americans about British things? I don't know why. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Hmm, the tube. It's test your knowledge with our British versus American English quiz, okay? Okay, okay, okay. Tube. I think the underpass, again, I I literally only read this quiz because I wanted to give you the option of choosing the underpass, the London underpass. Everybody loves the London do you know underpass. What an, do you know what an underpass is? I know what an underpass is in America. What is it in in yes, in the same. UK? It's, it's when you go underneath like a, a yeah. A there's like a street with another street or something yeah. else underneath, and you go under it. And I yeah, wasn't or, sure or if that a, was a walkway a, or an Americanism yeah, a, too. Yeah, I just I, I love the idea that, that that nobody knows that it's called the the tube well, or the underpass, is which smart is li- like it's literally yeah. literally they said the most common name for London's underground method oh. of transportation. Like it's literally the underground, mm-hmm. but they. Um, Oh, this is a good one. Uh, it's visual, okay. So people are just gonna have to trust me. What is this shape called? Oh, wait. Again, so I don't know who I'm answering as anymore. In British English, what is Rhombus. this shape called? That's not one of the options. You have to choose between trapezium, trapezoid, <laughs> askew rectangle, or headless triangle. <laughs> That's not a rhombus. It's not a rhombus. Uh, can and you give me those? Rhombus. Can you give me those again? trapezium trapezoid askew rectangle or headless triangle i mean honestly i don't know i mean it is a headless triangle but i don't i've never known this to have a name okay it is uh it is a trapezium in british english and a trapezoid in american english wow Uh, why wouldn't even know all right which of these words is plural in british english but singular in American English. Oof. All right. Pants, scissors, glasses, maths. What am I answering? Which of those is singular in American? Wait, so... <laughs> I don't understand the question. <laughs> the plural in English, plural yeah. in British English, but singular in American English. So I would say, you know... I I I I put on my pants today. <laughs> well, it says math, right? It's math, yes. Yeah, okay. Math, I just didn't understand the question. I, I couldn't right, work well, it out. Yeah. Okay, and finally, to wrap it up, this is going to be amazing. In which color? I'm sorry. In which country are you more likely to run into the following sentence? He read chemistry at uni. <laughs> it's American, very American. Sorry, we don't even need to answer that one. Yeah, so that's uh look, the other option was going to I was going to make you name all 50 states and I'm not going to do that. So do you, do you want me to try though? I mean, I'll I get mean, like 10. 
Like if, I'll if you tell wanna, you right now. Okay, let's let's do uh, let's do it. We're gonna do name as many states as you can. Let's go. All right. West Virginia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know why I started there? I don't know uh, either. I think it's like my brain is like if I don't say where Casey lives, he'll just murder me, right? Yeah. Uh, which hey, actually Casey I doesn't sh- live. Just to be clear, Casey does not live in West Virginia. Okay. <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> yes, this is even better because I got it got wrong it on the second try. Yeah. Good no, job. but that's that's better because he will be more mad at that. The macros mm-hmm. in West Virginia, California. Thank you. New York. Yep. North Dakota and South Dakota. Yeah. Good. Uh, Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. Does DC count as a state? It's not a state. It's just a district of Columbia. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, Maine. Yes. Is Rhode Island a state? It is. That's ten. Even though it sounds like an island. Um, Vermont. Yep. Uh, Going to New England, folks. Tennessee. Georgia. New England, folks. Yep. (laughs) I'm all Uh over the place, right? Uh, Where else? Where else do I know? I need to think about who I work with now. Who you work with. That's a good Uh, clue. But now I'm like, who do I even work with anymore? You know, I can't even think. Texas. Texas. Um, All your exes are in Texas. No. That's a song. Oh. Uh, I said California already, right? You did. Honestly, it would be helpful if I could see the things that I've said. You, is anybody keeping track of these? I can, uh, I, I, can, I can send you what you've said so far. If you, you could put them in said, our Google Doc. Oh, you, you're keeping track of it. All right, great. Oh, yeah. You, well, you said Washington, Oregon, California, North and South Dakota, Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, Virginia, right. West Virginia, New York, Vermont, Maine, Rhode Island. And yes, you have a map. Now. Hawaii, Nevada. Yep. Um, Great, thanks you for Hawaii. Probably. Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy. What, is, what are those ones up the top there? <laughs> you know? What are they doing up there, you know? I, I, don't, I don't know what they are. Think about, uh, some, think about some cities, maybe, and what states they might live in. Yeah, so that's a really good tip, but, like, I can't think of anything anymore. All right, hold on. What is that big square one in the middle? What is mm. that? What are all these places? Does anyone live in any of them? Uh, what is it? Wait. Uh, hang on. It's coming to me. No, it's not. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Where's, like, Utah? Correct. Okay. Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um... North Carolina and South Carolina. Very nice. You got to get those directional states. Yeah. Why are there only... There's never the... It never matches completely, right? It's always just like... You, you, you don't do east and west. It's just like north and south. Uh... Hmm. It's like, what is that one near New York? Illinois. I'm not okay, saying it's Illinois. the one near New York, but it's that, not, that, that, but but that came to me while I was thinking of that Chicago is. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I know that. But like that came to me while I was thinking of Pennsylvania. Very nice. Yes. Correct. That's the one near New York. Yeah. 
It's um, one of the ones near New York. Yeah. And because uh, then, I, right, let me think. What is there any places that I've been to that I've not listed yet? Probably, but which? Mm. I said Washington already. Yep. Can I get an update of my? Oh, you've put it in there already. Thank you. Yeah, there's a there's a new update now. All right. I don't there know if is. this is. I don't know if this is good to listen to, but we we've embarked upon this journey, and I'm yes. quickly running out of steam here. I I don't. Right. You're almost halfway. That's actually way better than I would have expected. I would have done. And I know I'm missing some, I'm, I'm obviously missing some like glaring, I've got some glaring emissions right now, but then I know I've got some that like, pff, who even lives there, you know? Um, yeah. I'm not going to say which one is which. Yeah, look at, look at the map, look at the map and maybe it'll inspire you. If not. Okay. Now there's two states next to each other that look like they should be a pair, but I bet they're not. The ones next to Georgia. Hmm. Like that looks like that should be a pair to me because they've got like some geographical. Yeah, but I don't know. They're not. No, they're not. Do you remember when we were in Memphis and we were looking out across the river at a different state? Do you remember yes. what state that was? Was that Arkansas? Yes, it was. Thank you. Um, Louisiana. <laughs> Thinking about the Mississippi River now, huh? Nope. <laughs> just, oh. It was just the next one that came okay. to my brain. I don't know where that goes. Uh, is Minnesota a state? It is. Yep. I always get it and Minneapolis mixed up in my Minneapolis brain. is in Minnesota. I know, and I can right? never remember which is which or if one of them, if, if the, one of them is the other one of the Twin Cities, right? Like St. Paul and Minneapolis are the Twin Cities. Uh-huh. They're both on the, they're across the Mississippi River from each other, uh-huh. and they're right next to North and South Dakota. Wait, is Mississippi a state? I've said it many times, <laughs> and yes, it is. I couldn't remember if it was just a river or not, you know? It is a river and a state. It's both things. I just want to say for the record, by You're the way, 27. Good job. I am doing better than this than if you showed me a map of England. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. Could I ma- name towns in England? No. No, I couldn't. It's just London. <laughs> I'm upsetting everyone today. That's, that's what I've decided I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to tap out here. Okay. 27 out of 50 mm-hmm. in about six and a half minutes. What am, I glaring, what am I glaring emissions, do you think? Well, uh, I will go, I'm going to go left to right, but first we'll start on the bottom. You got Hawaii, Alaska sitting right there in the little box, non-contiguous. Okay. Uh, We mentioned the Grand Canyon earlier. That's Arizona, which is right below Utah. I should have got Arizona. Um, Right next to Arizona is uh, is New Mexico. Right above New Mexico is one of the, that square that's right Uh in the middle there. That's Colorado. Uh, yeah. uh, right above it is mm. Wyoming. No, I wouldn't. A little pointy Wyoming. thing to the left of Wyoming is Idaho. Wouldn't have above got that. Wyoming and Idaho is Montana. Wouldn't have got that. Below South Dakota is Nebraska. Maybe. Below Nebraska, that rectangle that's right in the middle of everything is Kansas. Mm, should have got that. I feel like. I feel Below like. Kansas is Oklahoma. Uh, I should have got that too. To the right of Kansas, above Arkansas, is Missouri. Wouldn't have remembered that. That's where St. Louis Sorry, is. Missouri. Above it is Iowa. Wouldn't remember the Iowa, sorry. Iowa. To the right of Minnesota is Wisconsin. Mm, the cheese. The cheese. Yeah, that's right, Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. To the right of Wisconsin is Michigan. Should have got Michigan. Uh, between Illinois and Ohio is Indiana. Okay. Uh, right below Indiana is Kentucky, right above Tennessee. That's where the chicken comes from. 
Um, it's where the, where the chicken is fried and then sent out to the rest of the world. Uh, Mississippi's pair, if you consider Mississippi to be West Alabama, I guess, then Alabama would you be East Alabama. you see what I mean, though? Like, visually, yeah, at least on the map you've shown yes. me, they, well, it looks like it could be a West-East state, but it isn't. I know, just as Vermont, which you chose, is the pair of New Hampshire, which is right next to it. Ah. You missed, you missed Massachusetts, which is where Boston is. Okay. Which is right below Vermont and New Hampshire. You missed Connecticut. Which is right next to you Rhode know, Island. I couldn't remember if Connecticut was its own. I was going to say it, but then I also because I know people like there would okay, have been no I'm about to say a thing that it. I probably shouldn't say. I think Connecticut likes to think it's New York is my impression that I get from people that I know. And parts of Connecticut do. Parts of Connecticut right? think they want to be Massachusetts. So yeah. you know that's so fair. that's why I thought Connecticut was in New York, which is why I didn't it's, say it. It is not. Mm-hmm. Um, you miss New Jersey, which is just hanging out right there mm-hmm. next to New York. Those go together. I'm missed... recording with Casey tomorrow, and I desperately hope he does not listen to this before yeah. then. Uh, uh, nestled next to the bottom of New Jersey is Delaware, the mm-hmm. uh, the home of uh, the President of the United States. Mm-hmm. And next to Delaware, the weirdly, very weirdly shaped state of Maryland. And that's your 50 states, Mike. So you got you did pretty well. Twenty seven out of fifty. You got more than half. That's pretty good. You haven't been to that many states, and you no. still named them. So That's good very job. True. Thank you very much. Was that fun? I don't know. I don't know, but it I was summer of fun, and uh, yeah, USA. There we go. Now you've learned. This episode of Upgrade is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas' mission is simple: to make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold of an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you're also giving to someone in need. Bombas designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every single day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. There is a pair of Bombas socks for everything you do. They come in tons of options, like comfy performance styles made of sweat-wicking yarns, which mean your feet stay cool while the rest of you work up a sweat, and then no-show socks are designed for comfort while being specifically engineered to never fall down. So let your ankles be free to soak up the sunlight. I am wearing Bombas no-show socks today, and I love them. I love the little padded thing they have on the back, too. It makes them really, really comfortable. Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight so they hang just right. And Bombas' underwear is breathable, fits well, and has a barely there feel that you might forget they're even on in a good way, right? And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts, they are the three most requested items at homeless shelters, and that is why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers, like you, have helped to donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash upgrade and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash upgrade for 20% off. One last time, bombas.com slash upgrade. A thanks to Bombas for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, let's finish up today with a couple of hashtag ask upgrade questions before we say goodbye to the Upgradians. The first question comes from Ramon. And Ramon wants to know, what are your thoughts about notifications and live activities being on the bottom of the iOS 16 lock screen? Do you think Apple should add a toggle to place it on the top position like iOS 15, similar to the option we have for the Safari tab bar? I don't. Um, I'm. I think that having it down on the bottom is good because you can scroll through it with your thumb when you're mm-hmm. holding your phone, and I think that's a nice place for it to be. So I like it. 
Um, I can see how other people might not like it, but I don't feel like it's it's too analogous to the Safari tab bar. Only in the sense that you know you're you're more likely to be scrolling from the bottom, and they want to give you quick access so that you can flip that up and see your notifications if you if you need to. Yeah, I um I haven't tried this, and I I haven't used iOS 16 yet. I'm, I'm going to put it on my phone uh, probably this week, mm-hmm. and. I think the idea of moving the, the, the notifications down is fine. I think the live activities being on the bottom makes sense. And But I mean, really, like if I'm going to be having more of a focus put on the image that I'm using and on the design of the time and on these little widgets, then I want the notifications out of the way. If you have the notifications up the top, right, it just hides everything. So I, I'm willing to try this. I think the Safari thing... But honestly, here's the thing. Safari tab bar on the bottom is a better place to have it. Like the address bar, it's better down there. The problem with Safari wasn't moving the, the thing. It was all the other stuff they were doing. Mm. I think it's way better to have the, the bar at the bottom on Safari. It was all of the way they were laying out the buttons and stuff that was the real problem. Chaparro asks, do you think that there are developers at Apple that work on the full release cycle of an operating system? Mean, like meaning that they are working on the 16 betas now, but also 15 betas are still being worked on. Kind of stinks to be on 15.5, etc. when the cool kids are on 16. So here's the question. I just wonder what you think. Do you think people are tasked to work on an entire release? Or do you think there are like there are different teams that work at different stages, that kind of thing? What do you, um, how do you think this works? I, I don't know. I, I would love if a little birdie inside Apple would tell us the answer to this because this is yeah. not really secret and, and there's an answer here. My guess is that the that, that people get assigned to maintain parts of the... Um, I think they're probably multitasking. I don't think your people are just sort of in the sad, like sweeping up behind the elephant kind of part of the job, maybe. But mm-hmm. like more likely it's like they've got a they've got a 16 track that they're working on and they've also got 15 cleanup that they're doing. And that that is, you know, that those are both going on and the people are being retasked on and off. And, you know, at some point they'll ship what is probably the final 15 and they'll they'll move on to 16 full time at that point. But that probably people are popping around back and forth. I I, I doubt that there's just sort of a sad team that does is doing the cleanup on the old thing while the new team is building the new team. I, I, I mean, there's probably a point in the development process where there are people who are doing both and they're getting started on the new and other people are more on the old, but I'd love to hear the truth about it. My guess is that it's kind of messy, um, but I don't know. And I'm sure that there are people listening to this who know exactly what this answer is. So I'd love I'd to love hear to from know. you. Yeah. yeah. It'd be, I just would find that fascinating. Uh, Ricky asks, with iOS 16's addition of the fitness app without Apple Watch, does it mean that regular watch wearers can use their iPhone to close their rings? How does this affect the watch wearing situation for Mike and Jason? So it's only I, move. It's only move, right? Because it's got the it's got the pedometer there. It's mm-hmm. not measuring your um. It's not measuring your uh, your heart exercise rate exercise or, or standing like or anything like that. So it's doing an and approximation I, for the move. Yeah. And I love my Apple Watch, and I use it all the time for exercise, and also I just wear it all the time. And it's the watch that I'm wearing on my wrist. So, and I was wearing a watch before, so it's not really any different. Um, in that way, I would wear a watch regardless. So why would it not be the Apple Watch? So it has no effect on me whatsoever. In fact, I'm more frequently out and about without my phone than I am without my watch because I will often go for walks or exercise mm. or whatever just with my Apple Watch. So it doesn't affect me at all. But it is it's cool for people who don't have an Apple Watch to at least get yes. some bit of feedback there. 
if they did like all three of them and they were doing some kind of approximation thing, then I would love that because then I wouldn't have to wear my Apple Watch all the time to maintain my fitness stuff. As I've mentioned before, like I would like the option to wear one of my other watches, my nicer watches, uh, where sometimes I will wear my Apple Watch just out of habit because I want to get that, no, there's that that information. Like that's what I actually care about the most. So as I said before, I would love Apple to make a product that did it. My expectation now is that they've got so much data about how Apple Watches calculate health that they've been able to build an algorithm that they can use, that they put on the iPhone, right? I reckon that's how they've been able to do this, right? That, like, they are able to pair the two things together, right? Like, if an Apple Watch is reporting this amount of information and an iPhone is reporting this amount of information, we can work out what the difference is between the two, and then they've built some kind of approximation for the move thing, which I actually think is really cool. But... It's very clear. Like, I think this is a cool feature, but like from Apple's perspective, this is a great like gateway to the Apple Watch. Like, if you end up yeah. becoming someone who's like, I really love knowing this move number, the natural next step for you is to get the real good stuff and get an Apple Watch. I think it's smart. I do think it's smart. Mm-hmm. If you would like to send in a question for us to answer on the show, just send out a tweet with the hashtag AskUpgrade or use question mark AskUpgrade in the RelayFM members Discord. Thank you so much to Bombus, DoorDash, Fitbod, and SourceGraph for their support of this episode. And thank you to our members who support us with Upgrade Plus as well. If you want to find Jason online, you can go to sixcolors.com. Uh, you can also find Jason is at Jasonell on Twitter, J-S-N-E-L-L. I saw a headline that made me think you the other day, Jason, that Apple announced the uh, earnings for later in the month. Oh, yeah. I, I jotted that down. Mm-hmm. I gotta, got my chart, my charts. I'm going to warm up the chart machine for that one. Do you remember that time when everyone forgot? Yeah. Yeah. I, it was... Well, I mean... Something there was, was going that time on. where we didn't mention it, and then somebody mentioned it in passing, and it was like, uh-huh. "Oh yeah, an Apple results are tomorrow." And I, I, I had that moment of like, "Oh jeez, yeah." Because <laughs> like, oh, no, because also like John Voorhees also had the same thing, but like for whatever yeah. reason, that very yeah, specific forgot. one, no, everyone forgot. I, I now have a recurring reminder for every three months in the middle of a month to look for the Apple results date and Hopefully. put it on the calendar. Got to get it on. because it changes, but it's it's always happening. So yeah, and we'll then we'll talk about it afterward. I can't wait. You know I can't wait. Uh, I'm at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Don't forget to go to UpgradeYourWardrobe.com to buy yourself some lovely summer fun merchandise. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Upgrade. We'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell. Goodbye, Mike Hurley. <laughs>